start getting into, I would say, price round territory where um, if you have a lead investor, they're going to want more than what a state can give them. And then it depends on how early the, the company is just in terms of revenue, what they want their next financing to look like. So when we when we look at the current financing, we have to look at the next one and set them up for success for their next round, right? So we don't just look at what we're doing now. Um, so if, they, if they're thinking between a, a seed and an A, I like to sort of draw out of them, well, what will your next round look like? Will you look like a B company? in you know 18 to 24 months or will you still be on the earlier side because we don't want we don't want to get into a situation where we've convinced somebody to give us an a round and now we don't look like a b company and it's harder to raise the next round of uh financing so um this is terrific so start with a safe if it's less than you know two to three million um there, there are kind of four key decisions to make in a safe. One is, is there a discount or not? And what is it? Uh, two is, is there a cap on valuation? Uh, and what is it? Three, is there both a discount and a cap? And in this market, uh, I'm seeing less of those. And then uh, I think there are a number of other decisions that I put in an other bucket, such as will there be a side letter with 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 uh, super pro rata rights that Eugene is looking for, uh, are there any other kind of key decisions that need to be I'm, made? In I'm that? not. I'm only looking. I'm only looking for super pro rata rights when we cannot put our uh, full check in, so so huh. we could get that ownership later on. Yeah. Uh, because let's say the round was oversubscribed, we usually. Uh, Eugene, I'm thinking have, on you, but. I think it's the best form of flattery to any portfolio company when the investor, the existing investors, want more. Um, so I, I apologize. I, I was uh, I was really just picking on you for fun. But um, uh, when, when you have uh, made those decisions, you know, are any other decisions on the financing instrument, Nicole? No, but I do, I do think that those are the main ones. But I do think for rata rights are really important because I think especially early stage founders, they tend to give them out, you know, really easily, not understanding how it will impact their next round. So I think really thinking through provider rights is important um, for founders. What sort of marketing documents do we need to have ready uh, to launch what I call this high resolution uh, process? And, you know, it used to be that we'd, we'd, we'd send people out on a, on a mission to have 100 cups of coffee, which would take months. Uh, and it would take months to get people introduced and in front of Raymond or Eugene or Karen. And you know, one of the bizarre advantages of the current environment is that it's very easy to get connected. And um, not to speak directly about Eugene, Raymond, or Karen's calendars, but I'm finding that it's it's a lot quicker and easier to get on people's calendars because everybody is generally. Um, stuck at home or in a short radius uh, around home and pretty much connected all the time um, and and really a lot more efficient. So what are the marketing documents that we need, Nicole, another, in, in order to have a really high resolution experience, meaning it's fast, it's efficient, and it ends up in success? Yeah. So usually, obviously, a pitch deck that's been looked at that looks really good. Um, we usually, most of our clients use Doxman to send around their pitch deck because it gives them some data as to what parts of the pitch deck people are looking at and spending their time on, which means what parts of the pitch deck are important to investors. Um, 
And so most of our clients have that or they work with a um, some sort of advisor on putting that together and they shoot those out to their network. Um, and so that's the, the main marketing tool that my clients use. But inter- interesting to or interested to hear, Louis, if your clients use something in addition to just sort of the old school pitch deck and using their network. Yeah, no, I find that it's really important. And um, Eugene's firm has a fabulous um, uh, medium post on on how to get introduced to mm-hmm. uh, an investor. Um, I think it's Eugene. It's your partner Setchin who, who's written this, and it, it's it's. I recommend it, and I'll send it around in the in the materials afterwards. Um, but it, it's something that's it really tailored for the investor, and it. it it, it, it's designed to make them think, why do I need to look at this deck and why do I, why should I personally be interested in this and why, why is, it a, is it a good fit for me? And, and so I find that part of the process of setting up a high resolution process is, is making sure that you're identifying, contacting, and moving the right funding sources through a funnel. And so what I, my process typically is, is that, um, you know, I'll, I'll identify five or six um, sub, sub verticals uh, of market segments to go look at uh, in, a, in a commercial database that I have a subscription to, and I'll target that further by geography and stage of growth. And then I'll pull down a spreadsheet of investors that appear to be very targeted. And then I'll look at who are the names of the partners, and I'll sit with the entrepreneur and I'll say, how can we get uh, connected to Karen? And, and Karen was very kind and, and invites all comers, but I think the most impactful introduction to Karen would be through somebody that she has already funded. Um, so a CEO of one of her portfolio companies. Now, bonus points if it's the CEO of a portfolio company that has already returned capital and, and gain to B capital for Karen. Um, I, I think that's super bonus. And then super, super bonus, um, it, it is you know, if you can circle any other areas of, of professional or personal interest um, that you share in common so that your introduction is super targeted um, and that it cannot just sit there and go into the spam filter or, or, or worse yet, just doesn't get a response. Um, sometimes the most valuable responses that we get in this high resolution process are rejections where people say why. And so I, I find those are super informative. If, if an investor says, well, your market size looks too small, and then I can go back to the drawing board and say, did I really define it as small as I, as I did in the deck? Can, it be, can I look at it in a different way? Or am I targeting the wrong investor? And it, it's, a, it's a really important um, exercise. And so you know, in a nutshell, in the last few minutes, we've talked about how to design a high resolution process for seed stage financing so that you begin it, you you conduct it, and hopefully you finish it within a short, limited period of time. And that used to be six months uh, in a pre-COVID world. And I'm finding that in the COVID world, um, it can go much, much faster if it's well-designed. And what you really want to avoid as an entrepreneur is embarking on this never-ending process where you're always sort of wondering, am I raising money or am I Am I focused on my product or am I doing both and how can I do one without the other? Um, and, and so if you can design this really thoughtful process, get to the right investors, raise capital, um, you then can end that process and go back to, to focusing on your product. Um, so that, that's, that's the advice that, that I wanted to impart 
um, to the community here uh, that's with us today. And I think there are uh, there were over 300 of you that signed up, and 100 of you that I see are here. And I'm I'm really proud of that. And I'm I'm going to start looking to the Q and A um, as as we go. Uh, typically, I I try and um, pipe up uh, when they're directly relevant to what we're talking about. Otherwise, I reserve it to the end. Um, but before I do that, um, I just want to talk about closing. Uh, we typically um, uh, want to get to a closing uh, where the round is complete. We usually have some number of days after the, the closing, if you will, to have subsequent closings, 30, 60, 90 days that can vary uh, before we talk about a new valuation. Um, and then typically there is going to be a more formalized board process. You know, it, when you're raising angel financing, even business angels or micro seed funds, they're not often wanting to sit on your board or have a formal board process. They, they can just have a personal relationship with you and give you advice. But when you raise seed capital, I find that that's probably the first time that you create a formal board and you need to have um, formal, regularly scheduled board meetings. And uh, that's something that I spend a lot of time with my clients, getting a, a process set up that, that fits your, your industry, your stage of growth, and your base so that you know you can really get the best uh, advice out of your founders, the best, pardon me, investors, the best advice out of your investors and the best um, uh, traction with them. So if you think about um, building a relationship with Raymond, you know, he, he, he opens the door to you know, one of the biggest electronics companies in the world. And if you can find a way to get regular, meaningful time with him in a way that works for him, well then, that's going to be to your company's advantage. Uh, similarly, um, if you're a business that can benefit from BCG and, and you build a relationship with Karen, um, and you can you can she can unlock the keys to that value, you know it's 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 really going to uh, distinguish you. And and 